Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I'm Titus with my co-host, Thomas. How's it going, everybody? Thanks for being here. And we got a great guest today, um, somebody I know you guys will enjoy and probably know about already, and that is Matt Lee from High Prairie Sportsman. What's up, man? Not too much. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Sorry, we feel bad if everybody listening, we kind of drug Matt out on this one. <laughs> Been getting a lot of phone calls and stuff that kind of put this behind, but uh, we want to get right into the show today. And before we get into the show, we want to bring out some some cool news. I, I don't know, Matt, do you want to be the one to tell everybody or, or what? Well, which, which one are you talking about? Here? We've got a couple <laughs> there, of things. <laughs> there's a lot going on here, huh? Well, I'll, yep. t- I'll tell about the one about, uh, uh, myself guys. We, I am so pumped going to Nebraska for early till season for September 7th opener with Matt. So I'm pumped. It's going to be awesome. And, yep, it- uh, go ahead. It's, it's going to be a good time. Uh, plan on having Ben from Fowlfront out here, too. So come, some of the best waterfowl podcasters out there, you know, we're going to all hopefully get on some teal. Yeah, man, and that'll be fun because we'll be able to, uh, like you said, do some podcasts, a bunch of videos, and uh, Harrison's going with me, too. Uh, have you guys seen him? If you watched any of the fishing videos, you've seen him on there. Super good uh, bass angler. Caught some huge monster fish, but he's also a big-time duck hunter, too, and a younger guy. And uh, if anyone's asking why Thomas isn't going, why, why aren't you going, Thomas? <laughs> <laughs> Who says I'm not going? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> no, I don't know. I I haven't. Uh, we got so many other trips. I haven't actually really thought about it yet, but I don't know. We'll see really? what the work schedule looks like. Hmm. Well, Matt, why don't you tell everybody before we get started where everybody can find you? Okay, yeah, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Hyperary Sportsman, and then also on YouTube, uh, also under Hyperary Sportsman. Nice. Now, is that is that with a sportsman with the A or an E? I can't do my English right now. It's with an E, but everyone spells it with an A, so, I mean, you can type in either and you'll find it. Okay, cool. 
All right, uh, guys, he's got great content, and uh, he don't beat around the bush or mess around. He gets the, puts the content out there and, and gets what you want to see, and it's it's up to action and speed, and you uh, wish the videos are over before you want them to be. But, um, Matt, why don't you tell him the other announcement about what we got yeah. going on? So we're uh, we're going to have our first group podcast, The Flyways Collective. If you haven't heard, that's tight. Well, that's you and me and Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and Thomas from Virginia Outdoors Unlimited. Uh, that's our group, and we're doing our first group podcast, so you can come see all of us. And is that on Jordan's or yours? I think we're actually. It's going to be an actual its own podcast. It's going to be the Flyways Collective. Okay. Actual separate podcast. So yeah, it'll be out here pretty soon. We'll we'll make a big announcement about it. I might have spoiled that then. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I meant announcement as far as, okay, guys, it's live. You know, go get over oh, there okay. and check it out. No, I don't know. I know uh, Thomas had mentioned it. I don't remember if you mentioned it in your announcement video too or not. Did you? Uh, maybe I did. I can't remember now. Yeah. I, I didn't. And I didn't. I just totally blew that one. But at least, at least uh, it's going to be out there pretty soon. And I'll be putting in the other videos. But guys, don't forget to follow us also on Facebook, Instagram. And YouTube, Mid Valley Mercenaries, big things coming. Lots of videos, probably the most that we've ever had on this channel. Especially going to Nebraska hunting with Matt, Hyper Sportsman, and hopefully, possibly meeting Ben. Did Ben say he was going to go? For sure. Or? I have. I haven't got a hold of him yet. Last I talked to him, he was he was all in. So hopefully, Sweet. nothing's changed. Cool. So that being said, um, let's jump into the topic today. Uh, we just wanted to put out those announcements and let you guys know what was going on but let's jump in right into um till hunting and i'm definitely not gonna say i'm a professional at this but we've been hunting oh, man i've been hunting for a long time and and i tell you what in california matt when the till get here the green wings get here because we don't like have an abundance of blue wings like it's kind of crazy that i'm gonna go back there and shoot blue wings like that I mean, you know, unfortunately, they're not plumed out or anything, but um, it's it's very rare around here. It used to be. It seems like there's more and more. But um, when the green wings get here, the um, migrations in full swing usually is what happens. It seems like it's first part of December when you, right? Don't you think when you start seeing? Yeah, show up? it seems like all of a sudden teal are everywhere, and it seems to be almost like the kickoff. Like yeah. here's a, here comes a migration type of deal. Mm -hmm. like it's a total different it's totally different uh f just from the average day all of a sudden i mean there's big groups big flocks working the refuge probably 20 to 30 birds flocks you know what i mean and mm -hmm. they're everywhere but right. they're but they're all green wings yeah yeah we don't sit there and see an over i've only shot in the last what did we say this is the fifth year yeah so four years i've only shot at one group of uh blue wings mm -hmm. ever that's like the only and it was that the one we opening day, me and you? Yeah. Not opening and day, I but. And I totally just choked. <laughs> choked. I mean, they swung. <laughs> you couldn't get any better. And I just, boom, boom, boom. And nothing's falling. Hey, and you know what? I was so, before this happened, so I hadn't shot a blueing yet. And this was last year, right? This is only to last mm -hmm. year. Yeah. So all these years I've never shot. Early, I've never even seen season. one to shoot at. Yeah. And to, I was so mad because the bird swung. I mean, how close did you do? Like 15 oh. yards? <laughs> Yeah, 15. <laughs> I was so mad because I knew I couldn't get a shot because he was where the birds were blocking me. Well, when he shot his three shots, they all flared straight up. I mean, just like sitting ducks, basically. 
and I picked off a double with two drakes. I was like so stoked, which I did oh, want right. Thomas, you know, I wanted him to shoot him too. So it's kind of a bummer for him. But anyways, that being said, that just shows how many blue wings we don't see. But um, we can definitely give throw in our opinions with Matt, but we're going to let Matt do the talking for the most part um, about what he's got some tips for you guys to help you out. And, uh, you know, also he just put a video out, dropped it today. So when you guys listen to this on what should be a Tuesday, go check out his channel and subscribe and uh, watch the video of his tips too. He's got some cool footage in there while he does it. But so what's, uh, go ahead and walk us through it, Matt. What's the first tip you got for us today? So the first tip and, I'll tell anyone who wants to get into duck hunting or any, basically any hunting video I do, I always start with this tip and it's scouting because that is really one of the most important aspects at hunting. Um, especially if you're hunting public land, you know, you, you want to find a place where you can go, but you also want to find a place where the birds want to go as well. Um, not to say you can't traffic them in there, but if you're not even seeing birds flying in the area or on the water at all, you're probably not going to, you know, be, be real successful. So, uh, scouting is the first one, and for teal, um, the blue wings, at least through in this area, you know, they, they kind of migrate due to photo period, kind of the amount of light when it starts going down in the you know late summer, like now, they'll start migrating through, but uh, cold fronts can also push them down too. Uh, we actually have a big cold front supposed to move through here in a day or two, so we're going to see if that, that makes more show up, because we do have a few around right now. Yeah, um, I, see, I seen the the pictures. It looked like a little more than a few. <laughs> I, I got a question well, for you, Matt. Yep. Go so ahead. talking about scouting, um, I think being where the birds want to be, like you know, being on the X or being set up somewhere where you know that you have to traffic birds. Those, I know you know this, but I think some people don't, might not. New guys might not understand the difference there. Um, but let, let me, let me ask you this. Um, how does that affect now? Let's say, uh, you, you're scouting and you're able to set up on the X, you know, like I said, that's, that's the best scenario, right? But how is, how do you hunt differently if you have to set up somewhere uh, where you have to traffic birds, it, it specifically teal. Like, are you are you hunting any differently in in those two scenarios? For teal, not really. Okay. Um, so trafficking teal, I guess, would be more on like a you know the the tailwaters of a big reservoir that's heavily hunted. Um, you know, someone either beach to your spot, or there's just so much shooting going around that the birds are real spooky. So you right. kind of I mean, it's, it's going to be more pass shooting. You might be a little bit quicker on the trigger. Uh -huh. um, so that, your setup, your setup, your calling, your all that kind of stuff. That's no different. Um. Well, and granted, I you know I don't really traffic teal because not a lot of people hunt them where I'm at. But okay. Um. Like on a like Cheyenne bottoms. That's a great example. Uh. You know, you if I was hunting Cheyenne bottoms, teal opener, whatever, busy people, and then uh, or a bunch of people out there. Um, I probably wouldn't call as much. I would probably just shut up. I'd let my decoys do the motion or, you know, pull them in. I'd, I'd camel up really good, just uh, try to eliminate anything that the teal could see. Um, and, you know, when, when birds are scared, they, they tend to shut up. They tend to just ball up really tight. 
and kind of just hunker down, wait for all the hunters to get out. So mm-hmm. that's what I would do on like a heavily pressured mm-hmm. area. And that that's the same with just general ducks in general too. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a good point. So out here in California, we really can't do scouting. We've talked about that a lot before. I mean, you kind of can, but you got to park out on the road way outside of the refuge. And I mean, you could do it at some like rivers and stuff like that, but I mean, it's kind of a limit. I mean, you could take binoculars and see if there was movement out there, but we don't have early till season anyways. I'm just bringing up till in general, you know, trying mm-hmm. to scout. So it's kind of different for us. So right. what what else you got? Yeah. So on the, on the scouting, I guess what you're going to look for, for early season tills, you want like shallow wetlands, marshes, um, you want areas with that flooded vegetation. So around here, and at least in Nebraska, it's going to be like arrowhead, uh, smartweed, barnyard grass, stuff like that. And I know a lot of floodings happening across the Midwest here. Um, a lot of people's till waters are underwater, or their till spots are underwater. Um, so in that situation, you know, your vegetation might be growing now, but the water recedes. You're probably, your best bet's going to be to hunt those mud flats because the birds will go to those, you know, that's, that's about their only food source. You said something just a second ago about no one really hunts out there. What, what do you think that is? Is it just cause it's more of a whitetail or big game state or what do you think that is? Well, the, without giving too much away, the, the area that I'm at, there's not a lot of teal hunting on the other part of the state. There's some pretty, really good areas that are hit really hard. But uh, I think it's just a lack of knowledge that there's really good teal hunting in certain areas of the state. Oh, gotcha. I, th- I think that's the main thing without giving too much away in the beginning. So. Right, right. Sorry, I don't want to. <laughs> I know that <laughs> is about that. You, you got the, some Nebraskans listening and they're like make, taking notes right now. <laughs> but right, right by Omaha. That's where you guys want to go. <laughs> <laughs> epic, epic <laughs> hunting for teal. Right. <laughs> Throw them off the, off the track. City limits. <laughs> yeah so yeah what else you got well that's pretty much it for scouting um i guess the next thing i would really say is be early and be ready we'll just combine those two um till this is especially important because you're going to shoot a majority of your birds in those first few hours mm-hmm. um, i mean as soon as you get a crack of light on the on the horizon you're going to have birds in your decoys typically mm-hmm. and it, you know, if, if it's a cloudy or foggy day, whatever, you can't, you know, you want to make sure you wait after. I mean, you don't want them to fly away, but you want to make sure that they are teal. That's mm-hmm. another big thing in teal hunting because they're all brown. There's shovelers, mallards, wood ducks around that can be easily misidentified if you're, you know, just rushing your shot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another big part. But And that's tough, too, because teal are flying so fast. I mean, you got to be quick on the identification. That's definitely important. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, they just bomb in. You know, sometimes you'll get a flock of 30 or they'll come and land in your decoys for a second and they'll pick up and you'll think, oh, they'll come back around and you don't see them. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. That was your shot. You, you blink know? your eyes and they're gone. Yep. And then you're yep. kicking yourself for the rest of the day. Yeah, you're like, oh, man, I should have taken <laughs> that shot. That's that's one of the worst things in duck hunting is missed opportunities that you remember and are like, man, I should have... I should have just took that shot or, you know what I mean? One more pass or whatever it is. And it's like, "Mm, man, shouldn't have been eating that Snickers. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You go all day in the (laughs) 
the first time you have to go to the bathroom, you're putting it off for an hour or two, <laughs> yeah. and then all of a sudden, like, like, fine, I haven't seen a bird in an hour. Start uh, taking a leak, and here come five pintails. <laughs> I'm going to call it. That's what's going to happen in Kansas when Jordan goes to the bathroom. <laughs> he's great he, pintail. <laughs> he's not going to like you right now. And <laughs> and Elliot's going to shoot it. too. Or no. You know, that's so funny you said that, Matt, because I Is thought. He after a pintail or what? Yeah, like dead set. I mean, he hasn't shot one, so he that's oh. all he talks and thinks about. <laughs> but, what, Matt, what I was thinking of him, Jordan, I know you're shaking your fist at the radio right now as you listen to this. But I thought, <laughs> dude, you know what's going to happen? It's going to happen. I'm going to shoot a banded pintail over there. And, of course, a banded bird's good any way you look at it. But just the fact that I'm in California, I can shoot pintails. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> can you imagine how mad he's going to well, be? Well, first of all, if you never shot that, you're you're spazzing out when you're right. trying to shoot it for the first time, right? right? I mean, at least I was like, yeah, I still do. Like I mean, pintail, I love pintails. So even now, I'm like, if I miss a pintail, like, it's not okay. Like, I am... Not happy, you know what I mean. But especially think about birds that you haven't shot yet when you miss, and you don't get a lot of opportunity. It's like, ooh, kills you. So that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, he's gonna shoot first, miss. Somebody else is gonna oh. kill it, and it's gonna be banded. He might just quit, and we never hear from him again, or something. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd Jordan go? He's over in the corner crying right now. <laughs> oh, I love you, Jordan. Yeah. So, so yeah. So yeah, you know, um, all yeah, you always want to be ready um, and definitely be early. Um, so uh, Matt, out of uh, curiosity, uh, you're in Nebraska, so those teal they move right along through, so you don't you don't ever get the opportunity to shoot any uh, any plumed out blue wings over there. Not plumed out blue wings, but the green wings will shoot them all season. Okay. They'll be here till the end of January. Okay. Right on. And I've even seen one cinnamon and didn't get a shot at it. So mm. man. That's painful. Yeah. Cinnamon's like my pintail. Okay, right. gotcha. Yeah. Totally understandable. I mean this I still cinnamons are awesome, man. I love them. Oh yeah, I would I would do anything <laughs> to get a cinnamon. And it's kind of crazy because it, they're, I don't know, wouldn't you say they're kind of unpredictable a little bit? Like, you can't say, oh, uh, I'm going to smash no. them right here. Like, no. like there's not flocks. I mean, no. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there'll be a group of four or five or whatever, mm -hmm. but nothing like green wings where you get no. the big flocks or anything. No, uh, definitely not. Even singles. I've seen lots of, lots of singles or even doubles. Mm-hmm. But... Anyway, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> All right. Uh, and I, I guess the next thing up is uh, camo up, concealment. Uh, this isn't as important as it is for mallards or geese, but it's still, you know, you still don't want your face shining out there. So just a face mask or some face paint, um, kind of break up your form. You can just, I mean, shoot, we stand in cattails. Last year, opening day, I just made a blind out of sunflowers. Um, it, it it, it's not the biggest thing, but you you know anything you know I believe that anything you can do that's going to help me and try and do it just to have a better hunt. So um, yeah, I'd say you know put on some face paint or uh, burnt cork or something and go sit in some cattails. Now you're speaking my language. <laughs> burnt cork. 
so you guys call them chulies, don't you? Or, yeah, or those cattails. Well, like, some call them cattails. Some the tulies, you know. It's a variation of some things out there, but because there's ones that have, they have it. Well, I'm not even gonna go into that. I'm gonna make myself look dumb. But yeah, I, I've heard them called both. Mo- mostly everybody out here calls them tulies, but you know, I always hear everybody Midwest and back east call them uh, cattails. So it's probably the same okay. thing. Okay. But somebody's going to correct us. I know. I'm going to get emails about <laughs> this, but it's all right. Because, I mean. I, okay, but here's. The, I know what you were thinking, and I know there's you a big, didn't say actually, it, but this is cattails right there. Yes. And well, We do have some, but most you of know, what we what have was, is not gonna, cattails. That's what I was going to say, but I, I know. Because the cattails, Matt, are really hard. Do you guys have cattails? Yeah, we have actual cattails. Okay. You know how they're hard? The, 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 the stem of it's real hard, and then you got that brown. Uh, um, hot dog looking dill on top we mean our <laughs> ours are toolies literally like they're toolies they don't have that and they're super grassy super soft stem yeah okay so yeah so like at the beginning of the season they'll be really green and i, I believe the cattails we have are a lot taller than our toolies yeah no oh the cattails yeah are you just mean the toolies in general no like the uh, the one the cattails that i've seen because yeah. they're not like everywhere are taller yeah, I hate those dumb things though. Cause I mean, like have twelve. You, to does 15. yours not? When you bump those things, they like go into a million things and float around and go up your nose and all that stuff. Yeah, after the freeze, they do. Yeah, yeah. I hate that man. <laughs> that all that white stuff floating around. But yeah, it's mainly toys, and they're super green at opening day. And then as the season progresses, they're dying, and they turn basically, you know, tan, light tan. Yeah, that's how ours are too. Okay. Yeah. So, so I was the concealment thing. Um, I wonder how good one of those uh, Tangle Free Solo 360 blinds would do. Might be just overkill, huh? Probably. I think you could do really good with them, actually. Uh, I don't know. You can definitely try it out. You know, I thought of, I thought of, and I, I was more talking about using it where you're at because I thought of like, Toss has one and I have one. Almost thought about maybe taking mine and seeing. I don't know. Maybe overkill. Like you're, I, it's from what you're saying. It kind of sounds like it's not that big of a deal, right? No, uh, you know, there's a lot of, lot of vegetation. You can just shoot. We can just go into like a, uh, I don't even know what, like an old turn rail or something, and cut down some flowers oh. and just build a blind pretty easily. You know, just something to break your form up. Really, all you need. Gotcha. Do you now? Do you sit down or just stay standing up? I have my little marsh stool. I like to sit down, and then when they come in, I'll stand up and shoot them. Okay. Okay. Nice. Now, what? Now, let's say I'm just gonna make up a number. Like, say if shoot times at six o'clock, what time do you like? How long before? How long before um, you shoot time do you like to get there? Oh, at least probably half an hour, if not an hour. I mean, half an hour. Not- <laughs> that sounds so easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's, it's not bad. My man. My kind of hunter. A lot yeah. of places out here, sometimes we are forced to be out there a lot earlier than that. But like I said, if we have if we have the ability, <laughs> we can set up pretty quick. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't have to sit out in the duck blind for two and a half hours before shoot time. 
This is this is gonna be epic, Matt. I'm liking you more and more the more you say. <laughs> yeah, you'll be able to catch up on some sleep. No kidding, yeah. man. Yeah. I think I so guys, I bought I bought my plane tickets. Did I tell you that, Matt? Did I tell you about the tickets today? The plane tickets. Oh no, where are you going? Where are you coming from? We we got Denver, and so the sad news is, and I painfully regret to say this, but it was just like too much money. Rocky boy is gonna have to stay home on this trip, so. Kind oh, of, it. yeah, I know. I, I was, it just, I was talking to my wife. I was like, do I, should I spend this much money? Cause, like, so here's the deal we're flying to Denver for 150 bucks round trip with both our bags, guns, all that good stuff. And if I would have flown with Rocky, I could only fly Alaska. And this is a pro tip for anybody wanting to fly with a, a bigger lab to go out state hunting. It was going to cost, uh, one was it 125 each way for him one way and then 125 coming back and then my plane ticket to because you got to fly on alaska because alaska airlines is the only one that's going to let you fly with a dog 100 plus pound like with the crate and the dog being over 100 plus pounds that plane ticket was going to be 370 so it's Ooh. like yeah i would have been spend 200 more on my plane ticket and 250 more just to get rocky back there so it was like as much as I want to do that, and I was going to do it, um, what should I say? I was going to do it for, uh, I'm going to do it for Kansas, but it was like, ah, uh, two trips. I better just hold off. And, and it looked like, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, it looked pretty easy going. I mean, it's not like they're going to be making super, he's going to be making super long retrieves for us, right? No, I mean, if we shoot him dead and let him get in real tight, it won't be a problem. The only problem is if you get a cripple and it kind of sails on you. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, uh, Devin's dog last year, she found two or three of them that, like, went out in the cornfield, and there's no way we would have found them without, you know, just walking for hours. Oh, gotcha. But if, you know, we, we get them in tight and uh, just open choke, and we should be pretty good. You, are you going to now? You might be. Do I, nah, I better hold off. You're probably going to go over that, so. I don't know. Do you got anything more for camo concealment? No, I think that's about it for that. Okay. What's what do you got next? I don't want to. I almost jumped ahead of what you got, so I'll let you go on. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll talk teal decoys here. Sweet. So, yeah. So a lot of people, you know, they'll say use hen mallards. Um, I'm gonna tell you not to do that. Okay. If you have if you have the financial means to do so, you know, go out and buy you some teal decoys. Because there is something to be said for that realism factor. That's pretty much how I base all my decoy strategies on is try to be as realistic as possible, confidence decoys, you know, all that good stuff. Um, and teal are no different. Mm. Uh, and I, I know I listened to Elliot and Jordan's podcasts that they kind of did some teal tips too. And Elliot's the same way. Uh, you know, there's something, I don't know what it is, but when we've had hen mallards versus teal decoys, you can tell they're just keying in on the teal. I don't know if it's the shape of the decoy because they can't really tell the size. So I don't know exactly what it is. I was I, I was going to ask you that. Is it the size difference? So you don't think it's the size difference, huh? No, because you know they they don't have a real good depth perception. It's uh, they you know that's why oversized decoys work is because they stick out easier and you think okay that works good. I think maybe it's just the color of the decoy more than anything. You know they see the orange bill of the mallard hen. Or oh. maybe the blue speculum or something. And hmm. maybe the decoy's a little too long. I don't know. But I think the shape and the color are two things that kind of 
make them a little leery. Not to say you can't shoot them over mallard decoys. And if you don't want to go buy teal decoys, those will work in a pinch. But uh, teal decoys are the way to go as far as I'm concerned. Hmm. I never would have thought of that with the color, but that I mean, that makes sense, you know. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I personally wouldn't throw, not saying it would be wrong to do, but I personally wouldn't throw a mallard hen out either. I guess if I didn't have nothing else and I was kind of desperate to go and that's all I had and didn't have money for that, I mean, you could probably still do okay, right? If you're trying to penny pinch. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it goes back to that scouting. Not to say, like, because right now in the area, just from what I've seen uh, driving around the last couple of days, we've got shovelers, we've got pintail gadwall. Wow. even mallard. So, I mean, you could throw some other decoys, some other species out, and it'd look natural. Like you a confidence kinda... deal? Yeah, exactly. You know, but have some teal decoys as well. Gotcha. Now that makes complete sense. So, did you, uh, I bought a bunch of Tangle Free um, decoys. Obviously, though, they're plumed out. So, did you, do you buy early season decoys, or what are you doing? I have just fully flocked, or full, not fully flocked. <laughs> I just have fully plumed ones. Um, I, I had fully plumed blue wings and I sold those except for the hens. And then I've got just six green wing teal and, you know, maybe I should go to the uh, early season. I don't know if it matters that much. And I know kind of contradicting what I just said, but uh, I don't, I don't know. I, it'd be interesting to see what early season decoys, like just hen, de- hen colors versus fully plumed colors, how they would perform against each other. And probably in the future, I'll try that. Right. That'd be kind of an interesting test. Well, let me ask you this. Um, Do you think that you could hunt with no decoys? And if you scouted the day before and you seen a bunch of birds in there and basically you're on the X, do you think that you could still set up and kill birds? I think so, yeah. I mean, if if you're where they want to be, you know, you put them to sleep. You you probably have to watch them a couple of days, especially in the mornings, to see if they keep using that hole. But they're pretty well patterned up, and that first weekend, you could just set up right where you've seen them the previous week, and you could shoot them. I don't know if you'd get a limit, but you would definitely probably get some shots. So all in all, you're saying that to you, having the decoys is definitely going to draw a bigger amount of birds in. Yeah, and where the decoys really play a part in is, you know, it gives them something to look at when you're calling. And once the sun comes up, you know, they're going to be a little more leery. Yeah. So it kind of just pulls them closer to you to shoot. But gotcha. it depends on where you're hunting to. Do, do you ever have them lighten in on the decoys, like coming into, I mean, they're basically backpedaling to land? Do you have that happen very often or is it kind of passing? No, they're they're dumping in. Nice. Like, you and it, the way they land in decoys is so weird because you know you can have usually I'll do like two pots so I'll have one on the left and one on the right with the kill hole right in front of me mm-hmm. have the spinners and maybe one or two deeks in the middle and they'll just dump in in the groups like they'll just right on top of them it, it's really weird so I'm gonna try switching up some decoys this year and see if we can't get them to come in even tighter oh meaning like they're actually landing inside like in the decoys yeah. Yeah, you know that's so funny you said that because uh, was that I don't know if that was Thomas I was having that conversation with, maybe it was Travis, I think it was Travis last night because I was talking about, you know people say oh set and this is gonna I don't know people may say something against this and I'm not saying a Jay 
or you know setting it up to where you're trafficking you're trying to get the birds in the certain spot i'm not saying that doesn't work because i know it does i've used it and seen it myself but also a lot of times especially till i've seen them more so when i've set something up like a j where i want them in this spot they land in the middle of the decoys like between three decoys they're like boom right there you know what i'm saying so it's kind of yeah. weird like they will literally land inside of it yeah so i think you know this year we're probably just going to chuck them out wherever they are, they are, and we'll see if that isn't any better. You know, it's fun, though, playing with strategies like that learning. You know, that's part of the fun part to me is, like, every every hunt you're learning something different, changing it up and seeing what works better, and that's what makes you a better waterfowler, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Just, you know, you've got to be really uh, open to change as a waterfowler. You know, mm-hmm. if something ain't working, go out there after a half hour and change it, see if that doesn't help. Yep. And I, and I think there's a there's a limit of doing it too much too, you know. <laughs> yeah, you got <laughs> yeah, those guys true. like wanting to change every five minutes, like get in the blind. There's birds busting in. You're like, <laughs> dude, just get in the blind. We used to always give Travis a hard time about that, but then again, there is a time and a place to be okay, man. It's time to make a move. The birds are dumping it over here. This is not where they want. Let's move. You know. Yep. Exactly. So would that kind of lead us into talking about motion and some mojos and stuff? Yeah. So uh, one thing that you absolutely need to have if it's legal in your state is a spinning wing decoy. If you can, I know there's some states that have them outlawed. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, really? Like all together? I think they can have like the wind spinners, but they can't have battery powered ones. You don't happen to know if Washington's one of those states, do you? I don't know off the top of my head. Because, well, anyways, I'm not, I'm just curious about that. Like, I'm wondering what states are like that. I'm going to have to look up the regs because that's, we can't have our spinning wings um, battery operated until December. Okay. But we still can have them, you know? Yeah. But, anyways. Yeah, we don't have any regs up here for them. Just, you know. You're uh, around? Anyway, yeah. Well, during season, yeah. Mm. But yeah, uh, spinning wing decoys, you know, I've got a teal. I actually found like three mallards on a garage sale this summer. So probably take one of those out and I might paint one to be a teal or a bufflehead or something in the future too. But it it doesn't really matter for the spinning wing decoy. I know, I think Ben from Fowlfront, he uses dove spinners and he's got kind of a different strategy for spinning wing decoys, but he uses dove spinners just to get their attention and it sounds like they work, so. Pretty much any spinning, uh, any spinner will work from what I. Yeah, just getting that flash. That, I, you know, yeah. it, it didn't. It wasn't Elliot kind of talking about that though on the last podcast. And by the way, guys, um, our partner, our brother podcast is Duck Gun Podcast. So go check them out. And if you don't mind, give this podcast a five star rating and review, or you can get whatever you want. By the way, whoever of you gave us a four star, Thomas? I don't know if you knew that or not. What? Someone gave us a four star. How dare you? And they had the nerve not to write why they gave a four star. They just gave a four star. <laughs> so that's, no, that's okay. That's just gonna haunt you. I know. Nah, the more it grows, the more that's gonna happen. So that's part of it. But I'm just I'm just joking around. But anyways, Elliot was saying something on the Duck End podcast about wasn't he saying something about not using um a dove mojo? <clears throat> I think I think he's uh, was talking more like that realism factor, which you know 
Yeah. That's, that's kind of where I fall into mm-hmm. as well. I mean, I'm not going to use a dove spinner, but I've heard people do and they've had success with it. But I think it goes back to like the mallards too. You know, you can use it. Um, are you going to be as successful as someone else? Mm-hmm. Again, it depends on the pressure where you're hunting, you're scouting, mm-hmm. much different factors. Right. Because, you know, there's guys that kill hunt over uh, two liter bottles that they paint black and they do just as well. So, <laughs> right. I mean, Seriously, yeah, I know. What works. <laughs> I never And that's to... the difference I think between being where birds are already patterned where they're going and they already want to go there. It's like <clears throat> we hunted in Canada and we were talking about I I seriously doubt you'd even have to put any decoys out cuz they're already patterned to that spot. Like, yeah, obviously you want to put some out, but th- when the birds are already patterned in a certain way, they're already doing what they want to do. And what they've been doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's probably, yeah, two liter bottles out there. They probably don't care. They couldn't care less because they feel safe coming to that spot. They're patterned. They want to come there. You know what I mean? That's their routine already. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I was going to ask you a question. Um, You're talking about spinning wings. um, And, you know, a lot of the battery-powered spinners, they have the option of a remote and guys will talk about turning them off and, you know, this and that. There's a bunch of, and there's a lot of people, like, there's a lot of controversy around spinning spinning wings. Um, you know, some guys, I'll say, ah, I won't hunt over them or this and that. But to be honest with you, from, from our experience, teal seem to react the best out of anything else to spinners. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? Definitely, yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll use spinners. I'll run them every day when I'm hunting teal, um, a little bit in the early season, and then it's really weather-specific as to whether or not I even pull it out late season or even middle of the season. But, yeah, teal, definitely love them. Other ducks, it's hit or miss. Right. And um, another thing I was going to ask is, are you, like, I know uh, spinners are a big, like, attractant from maybe some distances. Are you are you stopping once birds are getting closer in, or are you pulling it the whole time, or...? I'm just as far letting, as when they're working. Yeah, I'm just letting them spin. The only time, if I have a spinner out, um, well, till season, I don't even have a remote on mine, but my mallard spinner, um, the only time I turn it off if I have it out there is if, if it's either flaring birds that I can tell that that's what they're seeing, mm-hmm. then I'll just pull it all together, or if there's geese coming around, because geese absolutely hate them. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I never never even thought about that. We don't hunt a, see much geese where we hunt. Mm-hmm. So, Are you talking about more like honkers? I guess. Yeah, cans. Okay. What what you call them? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Honk donkeys. <laughs> Honk donkeys. That's right. You yeah. know what? I that, I'm I'm claiming that, and I'm gonna make a shirt so no one better steal that because that is. I was actually proud of myself for coming up for that. That you know what I took that from is you know people say slaunch donkeys for bass. I was yeah. like, honk donkeys, dude. That sounds epic. <laughs> so I'm gonna make a shirt, <laughs> a big old can on it, and just big old honk donkey. <laughs> I don't know how many people on the podcast heard me. I didn't. I said that. I don't remember where I said that. What on an Instagram post or something? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's gonna steal it. There was too many people that seen that post. No. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna hashtag that and claim that as mine. But uh, you know, it's funny on the on the like Thomas said, it's kind of a big, a widely contradicted, um, argued about deal about the spinning wings and. Some things people say about it, I kind of disagree. And I, but the thing is, here's the thing. <clears throat> One thing I've noticed in, in waterfowling, 
and I've I've started changing my tune about and I hear a lot of guys, old guys as they get older do the same thing and some get stubborn and just never change their ways. But I'm like, "You know what? I can sit here and I watch I watch what I say now. Instead of saying, "I hate spinning wings" or "They don't work for this" or "Ah, that, that's stupid to, you know, put this duck out or that decoy out." Now I don't do that. I stay open-minded because here's the thing. We're talking about people in Nebraska duck hunting like yourself. We're talking about people like Elliot in Kansas, Jordan in Indiana, Thomas in Virginia, me in California. We got guys in all these different flyways. Here's the thing. It works different in different places. And so for someone to say, oh, he's stupid. He don't know what he's doing because he does this. That's that's not right. And that's that's exactly the problem with the waterfowl community is we've got that kind of attitude and saying, hey, you know what? Instead of saying, hey, you know what? That works for them. I wonder why it's like that in California, but it's not like that here in Kansas. Because in my opinion, spinning wings, it's kind of similar to what you said. Spinning wings work great for teal. In fact, out here, the the um, the toolies can be sometimes, you know, 10 foot, 10 foot tall, maybe even taller depending on the depth of the water and how, how tall they are. But I've put extension poles on it so that Tully spin the green wing spinner would be above the toolies. So if there was any birds straight from the tops of the toolies, they would actually see it. You know what I'm saying? Instead of yeah. having to be up high. And man, you talk about sucking them in. And also the teal whistle. I know people were saying, oh, and and nothing against it, but I think it was Elliot saying I think he was saying he don't really care for the the whistle. He thinks he was open to conversation about it, but he was like, for him, he didn't feel like the till whistle really worked more like the, the I don't know, I don't know what you call it, the quack. It's kind of a goofy sounding thing, but we do that too. And I think they both work, but the till whistle absolutely will turn till, green wing till out here. And, um, and yeah, so it works great for that. But coming to big birds, like, Everybody and their grandma, when when you're hunting with people surrounding you every, 150 yards in every single direction and everybody's got a spinning wing, it don't, you're better off a lot of times to pull the spinning wing and be different than everybody else, you know? Exactly, yeah. You know, that I, and I do that all the time. I, I tell people, you know, they just want to get started and they're hunting heavily pressured public areas. You want to do something that you're going to stick out to the birds that still looks natural, you know? I get laughed at sometimes for running coot decoys. Mm-hmm. No one else does, mm-hmm. but I'm getting birds, you know, coming in that would they have came in without the coot decoys? I don't know for sure, but I like to believe so. You know, and it, it's the same thing as whistles. You know, not a lot of people use whistles as much as you know, like hell calls and feeding chuckles and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, you know, if you if you do stuff that kind of makes you stick out, especially on those heavily pressured days, mm-hmm. you might get some of those more wary birds to give you a better look. Yeah. Now, what do you like to use for calls as far as teal? Do you do you kind of work a mixture of, of whistle and also the the other? Yeah, so I started, I mean, up until like a couple of years ago, all I had was a mallard call and then a whistle, and I do mainly just the whistle, and then I do a little bit of like a, some clacks on the mallard call, mm-hmm. and that worked all right. Um, I got a couple teal calls. I got one that, really didn't sound like a teal. And then I got the uh, duck commander teal call, I guess is what it's called. And I think it's just, it's a really raspy sounding call. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it just, it sounds like a, you know, like you said, a goofy duck. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's how blue wings sound. So, right. 
and I, you know, I've seen videos of them, and I can attest, you know, you, you, you get on that, and you just give, you don't even have to, you know, you don't have to highball them or anything like that. You just give them a little soft quacks, and you can turn them on a dime. Mm. Yeah. We didn't even really start doing that till last year. We started using our mallard calls, and I think it sounds pretty good. Talon, Talon can do it pretty good, too, that little till. I guess, I'm going to call it a quack. I don't know what in the world people call it. I mean, that's what I call it, but... Yeah, it's I I think it works great. I think both both sounds really um draw them in and it's just an intention getter, you know, for them if they're straight around looking for a spot, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, that's pretty much all I use. Seems to work. It, yeah, I mean that's all you really need too. Yeah. Till till hunting's pretty simple when you think yeah, about it. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> when you're used to hunting mallards and pintails, it's uh, it's definitely, I would say, the easier end of it. Oh, yeah. And you know what's funny is we all think that till fly faster because they're small, but they're actually one of the slower birds. It's just that the way they dart and weave kind of like doves do, you know, a little bit, and they're smaller, so they look like they're moving faster. They're so sporadic. Yep. Yeah, they're sporadic in their flight pattern, you know? Yeah. I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think some kind of diver is the fastest, at least in North America. Isn't it? Isn't it a can? Not Is it a can? That's what I was thinking, but we, I, I, I wouldn't put money on it. But. You're you're saying that I I did a video of that waterfowl taxidermy. I talked about what duck reached the top. See if you can look that up, Thomas. There was a duck that was in a dive. I mean, that's what they're talking about. You know, from a pie to dive was, I want to say it was like a little bit over a hundred. I think miles per hour. That sounds right. It's pretty fast. Whatever it's, it was, it's saying the red-breasted merganser. Oh, that's right. Yes. I oh. did that. Yep. It was a red breast merganser. I put it on that one video. Tamed at the waterfall. a top airspeed of 100 miles an hour by being, while being pursued by an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't in a dive. And, that, and Ducks Unlimited is the one, are the ones who uh, put that out. And that was not in a dive then. That was just straight flight. Mm, I guess not. As they Holy said, they're cow. being pursued by an airplane. I don't know what it was doing. The The previous speed was 72. 72 miles an hour by canvasback. Okay, it was in there somewhere then. Huh. Good night, man. Put a good lead That's on insane. it. That's insane. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. I wonder how far you'd have to leave that sucker at 100 yards <laughs> or 40 yards. Wow. Speak, speaking of guns and leading and oh. stuff, it's probably a good call into the next topic. Um, guns and ammo. So. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, so what I use, I, I run a 20 gauge for teal season, just a Remington 870 youth model. Oh, you and are. This, yeah. I it's it's my dove gun. It's my upland gun. It and the reason I use it is because it swings super easily and light. And it has a yeah super short barrel as well. So oh, what do you, uh, what is it on? Is it a 26 or 24? 24. Oh wow. I call it a I call it the blunderbuss because you know <laughs> if you're hunting in a pit blind. You want to have hearing protection with that thing because oh. it'll, it'll, it'll ring your ears. Thanks for warning me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for future reference. Yeah. But you want you want a gun, you know, that you can swing easily, and you want to use a more open choke. So I run an improved in that okay. just because of how tight the till usually do come in. I mean, we're not going to be past shooting them probably. Um, hope, I hope not, anyways. Mm. Uh, you can get by with modified, too. Those are the two chokes I would go with. And correct me, I mean you're you're the uh, you do all the pattern videos, so maybe mm-hmm. you could shed a little more light on that. 
as far as the pattern of it. Yeah, and you know what what you would what you think would work I mean, as far as shot or, or choke. Both. I mean, whatever shot shot you're pretty limited. You go six or four yeah. steel shot. Well, that's um, what I was. Me and Harrison were talking already about what shells we're get, gonna get. And by the way, I was talking to Matt earlier, guys, and he I was like. Man, do you guys you got any stores I can go to get some ammo when we after we land? And he's like, uh, Walmart. <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah, you can't hardly do that in California. I mean, you can, but it's just it's just different. I don't know how to explain. It. Actually, you still got to pay that fee and do all the stupid stuff. So I don't even want to mess with the house level. I can only imagine how long Walmart would take. Yeah, I mean, shoot, you just come in here in Nebraska, you take your shopping cart, you can just buy as much shotgun ammo as you want. I think and just. Go to the register. Yeah, and so talking about the pattern, and you, I, I'm gonna. I don't have a 20 gauge. I'm actually been looking around. I was. I thought about getting the M2, which is Benelli, which I'm not. I, I don't want to say this and hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not really a big Benelli fan. Um, all my buddies have them though, and they they love them. So I mean, well, some of them do, and some don't. The ones that have them, but. They have the Benelli benchies, and they've had some issues with that. But um, I've heard good things about the M2, which I don't know, man. It's like to buy a 20-gauge, and I'll pass it on to my girls when they start hunting. They're getting close. My oldest one's getting close. But I think I'm just going to get the Franke Affinity uh, 20-gauge. I mean, I think that's a great gun. I've my, A couple of my friends bought that last year, and they're like, man, they love that gun. And I've thrown it up on my shoulder, and it's super – it's super – light and it swings good and my when i put my head down on the barrel it's the beads right there i don't have to lean my head into it you know but yeah i was thinking since i got to shoot my browning a5 and bring that and i think harrison i don't know he hasn't decided if he's gonna bring 20 or 12 but after hearing this he might just bring us 20 but um i'm gonna get two and three quarter six shot and probably just use an improved um cylinder you know i got that um I keep one uh, the kicks high flyer, so I don't know. Okay. Even the factory would be fine, but actually, I don't think I have an improved cylinder on the factory. They didn't give me one of those. But like you're saying, that close, and you're using a 24 inch barrel. You just already got my wheels spinning, thinking, man, I definitely got to use only a an improved cylinder. There's no way I'm gonna use above that. Oh yeah, I you know, like last year, I I had teal almost take my head off at some point. <laughs> Wow, that's where where we set up, and um, <laughs> you know, there's. I mean, you hear stories. Guys could almost hit them with baseball bats because hey, just that's a new in. video. <laughs> Take a tennis <laughs> racket out there, man, and whack one out of the air. But you, no one's done that before. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Hey, yeah, that's um. So the limit's six, right? Yep. Okay. Six, six blue wing cinnamon or green wings. Okay. Now, is there a limit on the? Let's just say. I know you've not seen them very much, but are they allowing you to shoot six cinnamons? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. And so we're on the eastern edge of the cinnamon area. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I'm almost convinced that I shot one last year, but there's a very, like, the only way you can really tell the difference at this time is they're a little rustier colored and, like, the bill's a little shorter. Right. From what I understand. And the, what is it, the speculum and the coverts are... I can't remember if they're more brilliant or they're kind of dull. I can't remember the difference on those. You mean but, before uh, they're plumed out? Or are you talking about when they're plumed out? Well, this time, like when. They're oh yeah, plumes. yeah. I can't remember which. I, I want to say they're duller, mm-hmm. but I'm not. I'm not sure. 
Yeah, almost but like those, faded or dull, like you're saying, yeah. Yeah, and that that's about the only ways you can really tell, other than maybe taking it to, uh, you know, someone who studies birds and having tested it, but that's a lot, probably a lot of money. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, so with that improved cylinder, I don't remember if you said, what are you going to use two and three quarter or what? What shot? I just, I'll just use probably three, three inch. I guess I got to see what. Oh, you are going to use three go. inch. Yeah, I probably should go and just see, uh, see what the Walmart has here. Maybe I'll do that after I'm done here, but I need to need to stock up still. So, well, I mean, I guess this is more just a topic we could talk about later. But since we're on the podcast, if anybody does go out to Nebraska or whatever, so can I just walk in Walmart and get everything I need as far as license? Because I mean, I'm already going to have my federal stamp. Yeah, uh, all you need for Nebraska is you'll need a non-resident hunting license. You'll need the state waterfowl stamp, which is ten dollars, and then a state habitat stamp, which is twenty-five, and then mm. your hit number as well. Right. Yeah, because uh, if anybody doesn't know that, you got to even though you get the California hip, you still got to do it in every state because that's what we had to do in in uh, Wisconsin last year. So that was fun, by the way. But yeah, so now here in California, if you go into Walmart, they they're like, I can't remember what time it is. It's eight, like eight o'clock. They shut down that part of the, the section. You can still hunt, go through the hunting area, but they won't let you buy license because they always say, "Oh, the people that run the hunting license went home." Is that like that where you're at, or? I would guess so. I don't. I don't think they keep it open too late. Um, but you can get all that stuff online too now. Yeah, that's probably the better bet. Don't even have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, because I think. I think from Denver, yeah, so we will, I don't know. I think we'll get to your place or just in town, which I don't know, but we'll maybe we'll talk that night. But I know I know we're on the air, but it's kind of fun talking about this, so I'll just let everybody else enjoy the <laughs> the conversation of the journey. I'll be putting out <laughs> some videos, guys, in preparation for this too, so watch out for that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get there and get there the night before and, it's gonna be fun, man. It, uh, Matt, you're talking about watching the Cornhuskers too. Yeah, we're we're gonna do some tailgating. That's see that you got honk donkeys. That's my task. I came up. I with. love that. Yeah, we'll do do some tailgating. We'll go out, shoot some tail, grill them up, and then uh, hopefully, well, we should. Uh, Nebraska's gonna win. I'm gonna call it right now. Uh oh, who are they playing? playing? South Alabama. Oh, but, they got it, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the line just came out. It's like 38 points. So. Oh wow. What do they got any? What's their uh, good players right now? Who's I mean, they got a good QB and everything. Yeah, we've got Adrian Martinez. Um, he's a really good QB. Uh, I, I believe he's from California, even. And hmm. then uh, we've got Reese Washington, another California prospect. He's a running back. And then we've got a couple other good running backs, one really good receiver. And then our defense, we finally got a nose tackle and some really good. Uh, we got we got some good linebackers and some really good DBs. Okay, I'm gonna put you on the hot seat here, Matt. So let me give you a little background. So when we were in Kansas and we were out there, we did a little bit of hunting, not very much, just a little bit, like a couple days. Nobody really knows that. We didn't put no videos out or anything of that. But when we were out there, we were out this refuge. It was opening day. Most of it was flooded corn. And um Birds everywhere, thousands of birds, unbelievable. And there was a lot of guys, um, you know, 
uh, scoping it out and getting ready for the day. This was like the day before on a Friday. Guys were out there with their binoculars and stuff, kind of looking where they wanted to go. And even then, it still wasn't nothing compared to the amount of guys we see and deal with out here. Anyways, so these guys, we, we had a bad morning. We were in a bad spot. and But there was birds everywhere. We were just completely in the wrong spot. And we're walking out all bummed out. And we see we come up on the bank and we're walking back towards the truck. And we see this flooded corn area with, and uh, I mean, birds everywhere. And there's these guys picking up their decoys. They're walking out and birds are landing on top of them. And we're like, dude, we got to go out there. And we're, we're like, I just kind of stand on the bank waiting for these guys to come out. And uh, they're walking we're like, man, do you guys, you guys limited out fast, huh? Because it's still early in the morning. He's like, oh, nah. No, we're not limited yet. And I'm telling you, ducks were landing on top of them as they're picking up decoys. Mallards, gadwall, widgeon. And we're like, wait a minute. You're not limited out and you're leaving? Oh, man, we got to get back for the football game. College ball's about to start. We're like, are you kidding me? So the question is, Matt, ducks or football? (laughs) See, I'm going to say both. I'm going to say both. We, We pull it off. Uh... Last year we didn't have the best record, so we got that te- uh, that early you know that early morning slot a lot, which kind of kind of hurts. We'd probably we'd miss the first quarter or so, listen to it on the radio when we get you know on the truck drive back, and then catch the second half on TV. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they're all night games this year. I don't you know that's not gonna that's not gonna happen, but uh, hopefully most of them are night games, so we can uh, we can catch them and not have to even worry about that. But you know, I just you try to limit out as fast as you can so you can get back and you know, watch some football. <laughs> no pressure, right? You, you no know what's going to happen. No. You guys are going to be, I'm going to have five birds. You're like, Titus, t- you better hit this next bird. <laughs> We're going to kill you. we got to get back. <laughs> so what time What time does the game start on, on opening day? Do they have they not released that yet? No, it's uh, 11 a.m. kickoff. So Ooh, or, better get well, that's done. Open, well, that's opening day of uh, of. Husker football season, I guess. Opening day teal season is Ooh. it's two thirty, so we got oh. plenty of time. Oh yeah, but you're probably yeah. wrapping it up by ten or eleven anyways. I assume, right? Yeah, we'll be done by noon. Yeah. Oh like nice. I say we're gonna be limited, but we'll be done. Right, right. Yeah, duck hunting's duck hunting. You can't guarantee anything. Oh yeah. I actually had to step out. I got a, had a, a phone call from actually a pretty. Pretty awesome uh, old duck hunter, but that would be a great poll for for all the states to see which states uh, would rather leave early and go watch their college football games versus <laughs> stay in the duck blind. Yeah, that would be a good poll. You know what I'm saying? Like, because mm-hmm. a lot of see, the, the, go ahead. The the guys out here with the money, that, you know, that hunt on on rivers and have the pit blinds and stuff, they actually have. TVs in them so they can do both. See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's <laughs> what I'm about right there. But see, I, I, I'd make that my house. I want it every week. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I've seen some of those, though, where they have, like you're saying, they have a blind they have with everything. the TV. Couch, Heaters, refrigerator, I mean, yeah. the nine, Ovens. the whole nine. Like, I, yeah. I would not be going home. Like, why would you? I'd be there all day long, Literally. all day. Oh yeah. Sunrise to sunset. Even if I limit it out, <laughs> I'd still be sitting there. No, uh, yeah, seriously. Like, why, why leave? Yeah, man, that you got me. Still, I'm kind of going back to the gun, like a 20 gauge. So that makes more sense. You using a 20 gauge 
but buying three inch shot or not three inch shot three inch with what do you say four? Did you say I've I've done fours? I'm might go sixes this year just to try them. I've never tried them. I'll yeah. to, you know, I'll have to try patterning them out, but uh, I might go sixes just to give them a go. I haven't shot my improved cylinder with that kick, so now I've got my. I might have to do like a little dove slash till pattern video just to see. Cause, what do you think the max distance, Matt? We're gonna be shooting like twenty, twenty five yards, thirty five at the longest. At the longest, thirty five. At the longest, and that's yeah. you know that's pushing it. Yeah, we're. I mean, I, I'm gonna try to get them into ten yards for you. Right. I'm gonna try. I'm not gonna promise you anything. Right. <laughs> right, right. No, yeah, for sure. But no, yeah, I'd say I'd say that uh about that twenty twenty range is probably anything that's gonna be the sweet spot, twenty yards, twenty five, mm. somewhere in there. Yeah, because all this patterning I've done, honestly, is such a deep dark hole. <laughs> it really honest <laughs> to God. The more you do it, the more you're like, I don't know nothing about loads and distances and chokes. Because there's so many variations that you can do it. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. You can do two and three quarter four shot, three inch four shot. Then you can go improve cylinder, modified, improve modified, full, extra. I mean, like. And each gun might shoot And every gun, every model. You know what I mean? Even if there's two Browning A5s, yeah. same year bought, they're going to totally probably pattern different. Right. And then you got the material that the BBs are made out yes. of. Yes. Exactly. You know, yep. Every brand of shells, weights, loads. Yep. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. So you gotta almost be careful because then you just start dump. I, I think people, I think people overthink it a little bit too much. But I had posted, oh, guys, I'm so glad I made me think of that. We now have on Facebook the MVM Show podcast group. So if you guys want to interact with us or with the, your fellow duck hunters on there, you guys feel free to post and ask questions. And we got a poll on there right now about uh, chokes. See what you guys have to say. Go on there, share it around, let other people, invite other people to. It's pretty cool. It's going to be a lot of interaction going on in there and uh, up to date, like what's going on with the podcast. So we're it's pretty fun because a regular page, it just doesn't seem like you get as much interaction with everybody, but something like a group's pretty cool because everybody can, you know, getting involved in it but yeah the the i don't know the choke thing there's so much there's so many things to it and i think you just get too kind of narrow-minded about it if you are not narrow-minded but you can just never you're always looking for the better thing i think it's just something find something that works and just stick with it you know yeah yep so uh, what what else did you did you was there any more tips? I think there was one more, huh? One more, yeah. So the last thing, um, kind of a shooting tip, uh, you want to stay on your target because you know your till they're going to come in in these giant flocks, you know, ten to ten to thirty depending where you're at, usually, and it's really tempting. You're like, oh, I'm going to get three in one shot, <laughs> yep. yeah, and you just shoot in the middle of that flock right. and you shoot three times. Pick a target. You don't have one bird. Yep. Pick it Pick and it. stay with it. Absolutely. Yep. Don't, don't that's that, that, that is literally the hardest thing. Oh, really. it is. Your eyes are so big. You're like, oh, I'm mm -hmm. going to might get my whole limit here. Well, not and... only that, but like, <laughs> I guess blue wings might be a little different, but like what I've noticed I've done in the past is a, a flock comes in and you're looking for a Drake and your eyes are wandering. You know what I'm saying? Not, not yeah. wondering, like you're trying to find the bird you want to shoot. That's a Drake. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's kind of hard 
because of the big group and the way flocks of birds are, it makes you not want to focus on one one bird, you know what I mean? Yep. Our, our things will just catch your eye. But, yeah, absolutely. That's a great, great tip. That's hard for, I think, veteran hunters to still do, you know what I mean? I bet that still oh, happens yeah. to guys that have hunted for years. Yep, so, you know, pick a target, stay on that. And then another thing um, is, you know, don't don't rush your shots. That's that's another big thing, and that's just kind of more general. But for teal, it can be really easy because they just dump in. So take your time and pick out one bird. Mm-hmm. I, you nailed it on the head, Matt. I can't tell how many times I I thought, I'm going to get a scotch double right here, you know, and completely whiffed. You know, yeah, it's happened to me more times than I'd like to. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just you, I don't see how it, you don't do that. You know, I mean, they're so tight. Sometimes you would think it would happen, but just don't work that way. The time when you're not trying, it's when it happens. You know. Yep. Yeah, that's so. That's uh, that's that's such a great tip. Just to focus on that one bird, pick the bird out, and and follow through with your shot. You know. Pick the now. Now that you did pick the bird out, make sure that you got that bird down. Because a lot of times, what I'll do is if I find the bird I want, I'm gonna shoot it. I put it on it. As I'm getting ready to squeeze the trigger, I'm already thinking about the next bird I'm gonna shoot at, and then you miss. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Those are great tips, man. Is it? Was there any more? Uh, let's see. No, I, I think that's about it. Um, I, I guess I got one more here. Come prepared. This is just a real basic tip, but, you know, teal season, it's usually going to be warm, lots of bugs. You're literally standing where there's a ton of mosquitoes that are breeding in these standing water pools. So bring a thermocell, bring bug spray, sunscreen, just, you know, basic stuff like that. But other than that, I think we think we cleaned them all up. Yeah, those are great. A lot of those were good reminders just for myself because now, now my brain's got the shock of, oh, wait a minute, I'm going duck hunting in two and a half weeks now. You know, like I gotta get everything ready and get like get it dialed in. I'm my mind. I mean, you're still fiddling around with stuff right now, like decoys, tying stuff up, but you're not really like getting it done, done. But now that I know I'm going, I'm like, okay, it's time to turn on the afterburners and get <laughs> get some stuff done. You know? Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, well, man, thanks for coming on, Matt. This is I was glad to announce that it all worked out finding out today that it was going to be able to happen. I was going to be able to get the time off and go back there and hunt with you and take Harrison back there and hunt with you, meet you in person. Kind of, we got a little bit of a heads up now on everybody because we're going to, we're going to be best friends by the time we go to Kansas. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah, no, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, hope, you know, we do have to leave a few till for Elliot and Jordan the next weekend, but yeah, they know what they're doing. They can, they can figure a way out. Elliot's <laughs> a professional. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know what? It's funny. I'm going to come back all in Husker gear too. I'll deck it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about, I thought about that. I was going to, uh, I think I might buy you guys some hats or something <laughs> so, you, hey, so you can blend in. <laughs> hey, I'm not, I'm not sold out to any college team right now. I, honestly, I got, you know, some, my I'm I just I was a football fan for a long time as far as uh professional, but man, it's way uh, makes some people mad at me, but like I'd way rather watch college ball any day as far as no, football than NFL. That's exactly how I, I think am. a lot of people are like that now mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. People are that's tired exactly. of all this political garbage. Mm-hmm. 
Just play football. Yep. You know. Yeah, we'll we'll make a corn husker out of you. We don't want you. We don't want El, or uh, Jordan to tempt you with the Hoosiers. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess they don't have a football team. But hey, I like their uniforms, anyways. The yeah, Huskers. I, I should I should be nice. There's probably some people that watch my videos in Indiana. I know <laughs> they're gonna totally unsubscribe to you now and <laughs> yeah. start being hate messages. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. I Indiana's gonna be good this year, guys. I <laughs> they're gonna dominate. Backpedaling. <laughs> <laughs> Ah man, looking forward to it, Matt. Thank you so much for inviting us out, and I, I am looking forward to it. I am pumped. Tickets are bought. Just gotta get the hotel ready. It's, it's time. Right. It's game time. So I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks again. If you want to uh, shout out your your information as far as your social media again before we close this out. Yeah, you guys can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, High Prairie Sportsman, and also on YouTube, uh, High Prairie Sportsman as well. And then you can find our gear and merch on the Flyways Collective website. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Matt. I hope have a good one, man. Yeah, you too. We'll see you in a few weeks. All right, guys. Thanks for listening into the MVM show. I hope you enjoyed this with Matt with High Prairie Sportsman. Uh, Joe, check him out. Follow his stuff. Follow my Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Appreciate you guys for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>